Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business coach, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we're all about empowering you, our entrepreneurial audience, to help you take your business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success strategies and hacks with us. If you haven't yet listened to the last show, make sure to check it out because J.V. Crum, the conscious millionaire, was on the program and J.V. shared some incredible strategies on how you can build a business that's really built on your real value and purpose in life. Before we start today's show, I want to let you know that I have something that I want to introduce to all of the Hacker Nation community at the very close of the show, so make sure to listen all the way till the end. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who is arguably one of the top leadership experts and speakers in the country, if not the world. So I'm really excited for today's episode. So strap in, Hacker Nation, and get ready to take some notes. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Mark Sanborn. Mark, are you ready to rock? I am indeed, Scott. It's great to be with you. Mark Sanborn is the president of Sanborn and Associates, an idea studio dedicated to developing leaders in business and in life. Mark is a noted expert on leadership, team building, customer service, and change. Mark is not only a member of the National Speakers Association Speaker Hall of Fame, he's also a member of the exclusive Speakers Roundtable made up of the top 20 speakers in America. He is also the author of eight books, including the bestseller, The Fred Factor, How Passion in Your Work and Life Can Turn the Ordinary into Extraordinary. Mark's list of over 2,400 clients include Costco, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, FedEx, Harley-Davidson, Hewlett-Packard, Cisco, KPMG, and many, many, many more. Mark, welcome to Success Hackers. It is really great to have you on the show. Well, Scott, it's great to be with you, and thanks for that nice introduction. You know, whenever I listen to the accolades that are always kindly given by introducers, I'm reminded of something that might be important for uh, your uh, Success Hackers to know, and that is at the end of the day, uh, honors and accolades are nice, but results count. And it's about what you can do for your client that makes all the difference in the world. So I'm always mm. grateful to have that uh, success acknowledged. But I learned a long time ago that success is in the past and the real challenge lies ahead. So we got to know, one of the things I pulled a bunch of questions on Facebook, knowing that I was going to have you on the show, one of the questions that was asked is, what's it like being one of the top 20 speakers in the country? You know, it's nice, but I got to tell you, lists, there's always somebody that can make up a list. Uh, and this group that I'm a part of, the Speakers Roundtable, is the longest running collegial group of professional speakers in the United States, I think arguably in the world. The real benefit of being part of that group, believe it or not, isn't 
so much from a marketing standpoint because we're all very diverse in our skills and abilities, but it's from the collegiality and what we can learn from each other. Uh, you know, it's well known that you uh, are affected by the people that you hang out with. And if you want to keep getting better, hang out with others who are committed to getting better or others who are already better. So the real benefit of being in that group is uh, the idea sharing uh, as well as the fellowship. These are all people that aren't just often friendly competitors but are personal friends. Uh, we're invested in each other's lives. Uh, we love each other and each other's families. So I always look at the primary benefit being the uh, the ideas we share and the community that we support each other in. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And, and for anybody that's listening, Mark, that doesn't know exactly who you are or what you do, can you give maybe just a brief description of who you are and share a little bit more about your business? You bet. I'm a professional speaker, an author, and advisor to leaders. Uh, my business is about developing leaders in business and life. I've written eight or nine books, uh, another dozen uh, that I've contributed to, and I usually speak around 50 or 60 times a year to a, a diversity of audiences, often middle to C-level execs. And the other thing besides leadership development that I'm known for, thanks to my book, The Fred Factor, is teaching business people how to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. Because in these competitive times that we live in, ordinary is not enough. Uh, you've got to uh, be extraordinary to get the customer's attention and to keep the customer's business. From all the companies and individuals, Mark, that you've trained with your company, Sanborn Associates, what makes some companies thrive when others can't seem to get out of their own way? What's maybe one or two things? Well, I think at the top of the list is execution because ideas are available to everyone. Uh, you can learn about, read about, uh, be trained in all the concepts and techniques of the greatest organizations in the world today. You know, the Internet has made it very easy to access ideas. But what really matters most is execution. And it just seems to me that people either don't execute well or they don't execute consistently. And it goes back to this very antiquated concept uh, called hard work. And I think that often the, the, the difference between the winners and the losers isn't the ideas that they use, but how well they use the ideas. So I would put execution at the top. Now, there's there's another 10,000 subcategories of why companies uh, don't succeed. Um, and, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's the economy or it's, uh, you know, uh, competition. Well, those are all extenuating circumstances, but the best companies take responsible uh, responsibility for their success. And they live by this motto that very often you succeed not because of, but in spite of, in spite of what's going on in the economy, in spite of what your knucklehead competitors doing on pricing. Interesting. You know, you talked, uh, I, I remember reading in, in one of your books, how the, or one of your topics, excuse me, how the best get better. You share some some really cool and profound principles. One of them, which is how to become laser focused each day and do those things that produce the greatest results. Learn the specifics, not the generalities. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I'd be glad to because that's such an important part of my work. I think that we all have the same number of hours and minutes in the day. Actually, I don't think it. I know that we do. But what I think is is that there are only three things ultimately that create success for an entrepreneur, and that is how they invest their time, their expertise, and the time and expertise of their team. Money is always a byproduct of how you invest those three things. So a great entrepreneur, as well as a great leader, isn't just someone who's focused, but someone who can create shared focus. Because as soon as you have more than one employee, you've got to uh, 
direct the focus, not just of yourself, but that employee or however many people that you have on your team. We spend so much time each day on low-priority items. I think the biggest mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make is they confuse activity with accomplishment. It's not about how busy you are. And paradoxically, Scott, sometimes you can accomplish more by doing less. You know, stop doing the stuff that just doesn't really matter for much or doesn't count for much. And know what are the two or three things? You know, in, in my work, I call them MVP activities, most valuable and profitable activities. Know what those activities are and spend at least uh, 60 to 80% of every day doing those things. You know, salespeople fail for primarily one reason, and that is they don't spend enough time in front of people who could buy from them. Uh, salespeople, like the rest of us, love to get ready to sell, have a cup of coffee, do a little research, return a few phone calls, answer an email or two, and at the end of the day, they spend maybe 50 minutes in front of two customers instead of uh, getting in front of five customers for an hour. So it's about knowing what activities produce the biggest bang for your buck. Wow. Hacker Nation, right off the bat, Mark just dropped some golden nuggets on us. And I, as a business coach, as someone that works with entrepreneurs and business owners, I call it the 10-100-1000 rule. And that simply is exactly what Mark's talking about, whether you call it the 80-20, the Pareto Principle, focus on the three income-producing activities or whatever. You know, Mark just talked about um, the MVPs. I talk about it the same way, the 10 100, 1,000. If you're a business owner and you're focusing on the $10 an hour jobs, I'm writing the blogs, I'm posting things on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, time is money. 1,440 minutes every day. Everybody has the same amount of time like Mark mentioned. If you're a, if you're a CEO, I don't care if you're a solopreneur or if you have a team of 15 to 20, if you're not focusing on the things that drive the revenue in your business, the three IPAs or the MVPs like Mark talked about, then you should be hiring out to do those things. So, Mark, my question is this. I teach this principle to my business owner clients as well, but one of the pushbacks I get is, well, Scott, I'm really good at doing these other things as well. I don't know if I'm making the kind of money I need to make in order to bridge the gap and hire someone that can take on maybe that $10 an hour job or even that $100 an hour job when I should be focusing as the business owner on the $1,000 an hour job. What would you say to that person? I would say there's some validity in that, but there's less validity than when I started in business 30 plus years ago. I mean my own business. Uh, let me just give you an example. If I wanted to uh, do something as mundane as uh, get new business cards, you know, I'd have to find a graphic artist and I'd have to retain him or her to come up with a design and then I'd have to take it to a printer and I'd have to, to do a press run of, of maybe 500 business cards to get a decent price on them. Today, Thanks to technology, you can get 200 business cards formatted for you for next to nothing uh, from any number of vendors on the Internet. And what I have found is it's, it's infinitely easier now to find cost-effective talent so that you don't have to be the janitor and the chief bottle washer and the CEO. Certainly, there are things you do when you start any business. It's called bootstrapping, where you substitute sweat equity for uh, the talents of others. But think about the website Fiverr. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what you can have done for such small amounts of money that even a startup can afford it. Can you afford to hire a, a $10 an hour employee? Probably not prudent in the beginning. But you can certainly find some cost-effective ways to quickly do things that uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you couldn't. 
that hackernation, what Mark's referring to, if you're not sure what it is, it's Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, and it's this marketplace of individuals that for 5 or 10 or $15 will help you automate, create, design. It, it's pretty amazing, Fiverr.com. Mark, we love our aha moments here on Success Hackers. Was there maybe an aha or a light bulb moment that you knew, as you said you mentioned, you know, you started out 30-plus years ago, but in the beginning stages that you were onto something really special and maybe you have the dream one day to be one of the top 20 speakers or one of the top leadership trainers, but take us back to like that one aha moment where you just knew that you were onto something really cool and really special on your way and on your journey. One very important aha moment for me came during college. And even though I had experienced it somewhat uh, before college, it was at college that it really crystallized for me. And that is that truth is transferable. And what I mean by that is that the same techniques, the same principles that make you successful in sports, make you successful in business, make you successful in relationships, make you successful in health. And that if you can uncover the underlying principles, the only thing that changes is you might have to tweak the application. But principles are timeless. And I'll tell you how I discovered that. You know, I uh, got involved in public speaking and competition at a very young age. That's what sparked my interest in, in speaking. But I was kind of an overweight kid, not very athletic, didn't do very well in athletic endeavors, although I did well in school. And I got tired of not, you know, being really fit, really in top condition. So I started uh, to do a lot more running in college. And I started competing as a, as a runner in college, not at the collegiate level, but just in uh, amateur uh, road racing. And what I realized is, is that all the things I'd learned that made me successful and helped me win speaking competition were the same things that I was doing uh, to become a more successful runner. It was the same things I was doing to become a student leader at my uh, university. It were the same things that I was doing to, to get good grades. So I started looking for what are the underlying principles. And a good example of that is what we just talked about, you know, the power of focus. When you know what your key results areas are, uh, then by focusing more on those areas, you'll increase your results. You know, if you're an athlete, you know that uh, strength training uh, gives you endurance. And so one of the principles that translates to an entrepreneur is, is sometimes your ability to persist when your competitors give up is the advantage, you know, that you uh, can use to win. So you need strength training of sorts with your, um, you know, with your business. So look for the underlying principles and use those principles in any area of your life or to put it a little bit differently. Think of an area you've been very successful in at some point in your life. Mm. Ask yourself, what made you successful? Identify three or four things. Then, what are the underlying principles and how can you apply them in your current endeavors? And you can find that, and, and people do this all the time, success replicates itself once you learn that concept. Wow, what a great piece of advice. Did you ever want to be one of the top speakers or leadership trainers, Mark, throughout your career? Is it just something that you had a, such a focus on in terms of I want to build my business, build my company, this is where my passion lies? You said you started speaking at a fairly young age competitively. Did you know that if you were to look back 30 years ago and you had a vision for your business or yourself, that one day you'd be talking here saying that you're one of the top 20 leadership trainers and speakers on the planet. Did you ever have that sort of that goal? 
I wish I could say I did because it makes such a great and inspirational story. What I wanted to do is I wanted to become a professional speaker. I was about making a living, sharing ideas. I've always been a person that's really jazzed by ideas. You know, I believe that uh, I wrote a blog many years ago called Books Can Save Us. And really, if I were going to enlarge the concept, I'd say that ideas can save us. You know, no matter what problems we face as individuals or as companies or even as nations, the right idea is well applied. Can, can literally transform us. And so I wanted to be somebody who shared ideas as a professional speaker. And I'm a big believer in, you know, run and walking before you run. And I, I just wanted to develop the fundamental skills to be a very successful speaker. And then I became successful enough that I wanted to become better so I could increase my fee. And by simply working on one simple thing, and that is being as good a professional speaker on stage as I could possibly be, that more than anything else drove whatever success I've been able to enjoy. So I guess, you know, if I were going to extrapolate that to listeners, it would be, what is that core activity? And we're not talking about MVP activities now. We're talking about that thing that if you do it better than anybody else, will give you the kind of success that you want. And if you can identify what that is and, and bring some originality and some creativity to it and add value in the way you do it, uh, then that product or that service will, will drive your business. I know a lot of times we look at someone like Mark, or we've had other you know, successful speakers on the, on the program and Jason Carthen and Shep Hyken and some other people that we're going to be having as well, but arguably Mark is near the top of the pinnacle. When you look at someone like Mark that makes all this money from the stage, that has all these amazing clients, we automatically, you know, we think, oh my God, do I really have to start at the chamber or the rotary or the, you know, the back of the church or whatever for free? And Mark, I don't, you know, know your path, but I know that most people have to go through that path. It's almost like getting into a fraternity. If you can't make the, uh, the first year as a pledge, well, that's sort of the weeding out process. And I, and we've talked to a lot of speakers on the show and they say, it's a process. It's not something you can just look at and say, I want to be the Mark Sanborn or the Shep Hyken in a year or two. You guys have honed your craft and mastered your craft over a 30 year period. So it takes time, right? Indeed it does. And I think that's probably the one thing that derails speakers is they charge too much too soon. You give a lot of free speeches for one simple reason to develop your chops, your skill set. I never knew anybody. And it's never happened in the history of the world that started at the PGA golf level. You start as a rank amateur. You learn the skills of golf. And if you work long enough and hard enough and you're really, really good, maybe you'll play on the PGA. It's the same with anything. You know, you can have a lot of fun golfing, but if you start trying to charge or, or bet on matches or play professionally before you're ready, you'll face nothing but heartache and disappointment. And it's the same in speaking. Which brings me to what we call a fail-forward stage, Mark. Did you ever have a fail-forward moment where you had a specific moment where you almost maybe even gave up? You decided to keep going forward and actually use that one failure as fuel to your success fire? I've had a lot of them, but the, the first and most important one relative to our conversation today was in my first speaking contest at the age of 10. I mean, I sucked. <laughs> I did so bad. I was so humiliated. I mean, I'm 57 years old, so we're talking 47 years ago, and I can remember it like it was yesterday, which is kind of the nature of a traumatic experience. <laughs> and the reason that I share that is because whenever you face that failure point, you know, you, you're at a decision tree. And what a lot of people say is, well, doesn't matter anyhow, wasn't that important, did that, 
got the T-shirt next. That's fine for some things. But what I decided at the ripe old age of 10 was this really does matter. I don't ever want to be so uh, embarrassed again. I want to learn how to do this. And that was the initial impetus that got me interested in learning how to be a good public speaker. If I had done okay, Scott, I honestly think, you know, I'd be doing something very different today. That was a formative experience for me. Not born out of success, but born out of failure. We enjoy success, but we learn more from failure. Boom, Hacker Nation. Holy cow, that's awesome. I mean, even at the age of 10, you can... You can have a fail forward stage. I, I must tell you, Mark, and all the all the esteemed guests we've had, we've never had anybody go back to the age of ten to talk about their fail forward stage. So this well, is Zach Hacker's first. I was a prodigy when it came to failure. You know, I got beat up a lot on the school bus, so you know, I don't. Uh, I'm not pretentious. You know, I, and I really, I really think more often than not, uh, the, some of the most successful people I meet, they're they're dealing with not wanting to replicate. You know. Their, their past, you know, and, and whatever you, you and I are today are the choices we made yesterday, but whatever we want to be tomorrow are going to be the choices we make today. Mm. So if you want to change your life, change your choices. Mark, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow themselves and their business. So as I just mentioned, we've had a lot of guests on the show, but I'm going to actually do something that we've never done before. I'm going to split the success hack. I'm going to put you on the spot, Mark Sanborn, to, to, to really share with us two success hacks. One is around speaking. One is around how to become a better leader. So someone that's listening right now, maybe they're just starting their speaking career. And you, you've alluded to this earlier, but I want to really dive a little bit deeper. And they're saying, I'm a year in or two years in. How do I get to the next stage in my speaking career? Number one is, what do they need to do? And then secondly, for the success hacks, for a leadership portion, how can someone actually become a better, higher performer in their company? One success hacks for both topics. Okay, for speaking, tell a better story. Become a great storyteller. And when you tell a story, really the best stories are told when someone becomes a character in that story. I had a chance to hear Marcus Luttrell. We were on a program together a year ago. He, of course, was the focus of the movie, The Lone Survivor. Mm -hmm. And he begins his speech with a lot of interesting and, and, frankly, funny anecdotes about growing up in Texas and how he became interested in the military. But when he gets to the part of his speech where he talks about the firefight that killed his comrades and that he barely survived, I saw something that I'll never forget. He went from talking out of his head to talking out of his experience. He relived, and it was intense, he relived what he went through. And I think that, uh, you know, again, very few of us, if any of us, will ever have the kind of story Marcus has. But the ability to tell a story so that it's fresh and that we're, we're, we are the story instead of simply regurgitating the story, that's very powerful. Now, the one thing I want to add to that, Scott, is make sure that it's a story that will benefit the listener. The power of a good story is, is that a listener is inspired or ins instructed by it. If they're not inspired or instructed, they're simply entertained. And that might be fine if you're an entertainer. But if you want to be a content-driven, helpful kind of a, a presenter, your story needs to give the listener something he or she can use. Next, let's look at leadership. Here's a big one, and it's, it's high on my list. Uh, I just wrote about it. Quit multitasking. Multitasking is a myth. You do not multitask. You switch tasks or you task switch. 
which is to say you are less effective, you lose IQ points when you lose focus at a, at a very real level. And if you want to be a more effective leader, tune out distractions, don't try to talk to an employee, check your email and, and make your list of to-dos for the next day. Focus on the single activity with complete attention and you'll find that amazing things will happen. Now, even though I'm an author and write books, I've been recommending, I've never met the guy. I hope I do someday because I've recommended his book so much. I, I'd like to meet him. Cal Newport just wrote a book called Deep Work. And I got to tell you, uh, it, it's a book that I was very in sync with before I began reading it, but it took me even deeper into this concept of getting past the superficial and focusing on the really hard stuff without any distractions. So if you quit multitasking, and as a secondary thought, so we'll give you another hack within a hack, quit forcing employees to multitask. Don't interrupt when they're in a meeting. Don't interrupt when they're on the phone. Don't interrupt when they're doing email and expect them to be able to do two things well at once. It just doesn't happen. Thank you for sharing both those success hacks. So from a speaker standpoint, tell a great story. Bring it from the heart. Bring it from an experience. Your story is your story. That's what makes it so unique and amazing. And secondly, from a leadership perspective, absolutely. Quit multitasking. When I speak or when I teach my clients is get a stopwatch. Get a $10 stopwatch from a sports authority or any sort of sporting goods store. And literally, I call a jam session. Do two 60-minute jam sessions, two focused jam sessions that are 60 minutes each on exactly what needs to get done for the day. The emails and everything else, they're just periphery in the long run. That's a great idea. All right, Mark, we are now going to enter the randomness round. But before we do, I want to just remind all the listeners to stay till the very end of the show because I have something I want to bring to your attention. All right, Mark, we are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hacker's version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Mark Sanborn, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. Best advice you've ever received? Engage your listener. You've got to get people involved either physically or intellectually in what you're saying if you want them to pay attention. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? You know, I exercise six days a week, and I'm, I'm not a fitness fanatic. I like to drink beer and bourbon and eat pizza, but I have found that it's very hard to live a high-performance life in a low-performance body. So when I start to exercise each of those six days of seven, I rarely want to, but by the end, I'm glad I did. It's a way to set the, uh, the day ahead of me um, You know, on the right course. It requires a little bit of discipline, but it's definitely something that benefits me greatly. You now own a time machine, Mark. I want you to travel back in time to when you're 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? I'm a pretty intense person. I probably would have reminded myself of some really corny, cliche advice we hear 100 times a day, and that is don't take yourself too seriously. Take what you do seriously. Just don't take yourself too seriously. The other bit of advice I would give myself that I actually took was try a lot of things. I think that the best uh, way to live fully is to dabble, and if you do enough things, you'll figure out what you don't want to do again, and you'll stumble on a few things that you really like. What's the one trademark that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Well, it's discipline, doing what needs to be done even if I don't feel like doing it. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I didn't even know it about me until uh, a good friend of mine pointed out that I'm pretty good at uh, facilitating and negotiating conflict for others. 
I don't like conflict for myself. I'm a chicken when it comes to conflict. I, I have historically had a very unhealthy strategy of avoidance. But uh, the president of a professional association came to me some years ago and said, you know, Mark, you're really good at facilitating conflict. I'd like you to take on this project that, that, that has two kind of warring factions and see if you can work it out. And doggone it, uh, she was right. Uh, I'm not very good at it myself, but I'm pretty good at it with other people. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Probably the book, and it's been it's a it's a book that if you read it now, a lot of it is just kind of antiquated and outdated, at least in terms of the specifics. But the concepts were so stimulating that it's always been a favorite book of mine. Uh, Stan Davis wrote a book probably thirty years ago called Future Perfect. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation community, Mark, what would that be? I like Twitter, not because I'm able to monetize it at a high level, but because it's a way to continually drip good ideas on those people that raise their hand and say, we want to keep track of what you're up to. Uh, I think it's a B to C. It's not a true B to B medium, but I think it's a wonderful B to C medium. So if you have a tribe, if you have a following and you want to provide value to them, whether or not they ever engage you or hire you or even buy any of your products, Twitter is such a, an eloquent uh, and elegant way to do that. Mark, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been <laughs> <laughs> this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you, Mark, for your time and sharing these incredible success hacks and strategies with our Hacker Nation community. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? That's an easy one. MarkSanborn.com, M-A-R-K-S-A-N-B-O-R-N.com. That's the uh, portal to all of my social media, to the other websites that we uh, we uh, manage, and I blog on a weekly basis. I also blog with uh, four other guys. We call ourselves, surprisingly, the Five Friends. So not only will you get good ideas from uh, me and my work, but you'll also get the perspective of four other great thinkers. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Mark, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. Also, when you're on the site, don't forget to subscribe so that you can get all the latest and newest, greatest episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you aware of something really, really special and brand new. Besides being the creator and host right here on Success Hackers, I'm also a business strategist. After years of working with small and mid-sized business owners, I've learned there are only five specific areas in every business where there's a treasure trove of untapped revenue and profits, but here's the problem. 99% of business owners know nothing about them, and unfortunately, they're missing a gold mine because of it. After I discovered actually how bad this is, I now perform what I call 40-minute business makeover sessions, where I guarantee to find any small to mid-sized business owner at least $10,000 in their business in less than 40 minutes without them spending one cent on marketing or advertising. Well, now I want to make this available to all of you, my loyal Hacker Nation listeners. So listen, gang, if any of you would like to earn at least $10,000 or more in your business this year and every year moving forward, just go to 40minutemakeover.com. That's 40minutemakeover.com and sign up for your complimentary session. Oh, and by the way, more than half the time when I do these, I actually find business owners more than $50,000, and there's a good chance I'll be able to do that for you as well. So if you want one of these available spots for the 40-minute business makeover, go there now to 40minutemakeover.com. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.